0: Hello, I'm John Kennedy and joining me for this episode of Take Notes is Girl in Red, with producer Matthias Tellers, to talk about how they wrote, recorded and produced the album If I Could Make It Go Quiet. Girl in Red is the project of Norwegian singer-songwriter and producer Marie Ulven. Marie began writing songs as a teenager, recording in her bedroom and posting on Soundcloud under the name Lydia X. Settling on the pseudonym Girl in Red in 2017, she released her debut single I Wanna Be Your Girlfriend. Drawing themes from a previous summer of Heartbreak, the track quickly amassed a vast amount of streams, as well as attention from record labels. After relocating from the small town of Horton to study at Westerdal School of Arts in Oslo, Marie released her first two EPs, Chapter 1 in 2018 and Chapter 2 in 2019, both on the label AWOL. The EPs were praised for their candid and unapologetic approach to relationships, mental health and everyday life, connecting with many fans in a deeply profound way. Intersecting the EPs, Marie released the single We Fell In Love in October. The track became a viral sensation, reaching the top 5 in the UK charts and certifying gold in the US. Often cited as an icon by many of her fans, Girl in Red has been recognized with numerous awards including nominations for Newcomer of the Year at Spellerman Prison, aka the Norwegian Grammys, and for the BBC Sound of 2021. Now with her music spread just about everywhere the internet touches, her debut album, If I Could Make It Go Quiet, was released in April 2021 with production from Matthias Tellez and additional production from Phineas. Matthias Tellers is a producer, composer, and singer-songwriter from Bergen in Norway. Having always been surrounded by music, Matthias took up the guitar at the age of 12, and the following year won a recording session after competing in a local battle of the bands. Demos of his work caught the attention of producers HB Gunderson and Kato Adland, and in 2003, at the age of 14, he released his first single on their label, New Records. Four years later, in 2007, he released his debut album, Tamias Meles, and off the back of strong radio support, he signed a deal with Sony for his second album, Clouds. By the end of 2010, Matthias had decided to stop performing as a solo artist and formed the band Young Dreams. Digging into a more baroque pop-inspired sound, the band's debut album Between Places won Best Indie Album at the 2013 Spellerman Prison. Alongside his career as an artist, Matthias has also established himself as a successful producer and mixer, sharing his talents with artists including Sondra Lerche, Razika, and most recently, Girl in Red. Today, I'm at home in Morden, South London, Marie joins us from her home in Oslo, and Matthias joins us from his studio in Bergen. And what better way to start our conversation than by hearing something from the record? This is Serotonin.
1: I'm running low on serotonin. Chemical imbalance got me twisting things, stabilized with medicine. There's no depth to these feelings. Dig deep, can't hide from the corners of my mind. I'm terrified of what's inside. I get of thoughts like cutting my hands off, like jumping in front of a bus, like how do I make the star? When it feels like my therapist saves me. Please don't let me go crazy. Put me in a field with daisies, might not work, I'll take take 'em, maybe. Oh, been breaking daily, but only me can
0: save me. So it is Serotonin by Girl in Red, the opening track to the album, If I Could Make It Go Quiet. And I'm very pleased to say that connected to me online is Marie Ulvin, who is Girl in Red. Hello, Marie.
2: Hello, John. How's it going?
0: Very good, thank you. So, Marie's in Oslo and in Bergen, we have Matthias Telles. Hello, Matthias. Hello. Good to have you both with us. Uh, thank you so much for joining us to go through some of the tracks on If I Could Make It Go Quiet. And I think maybe to speed things along, we should hear a blast of the master of Body and Mind, the first song we're going to talk about, and then we can start dissecting it.
2: Yes, Agreed.
1: deepened since i realized there is a difference between body and mind i've been at my lowest for the longest time knowing my existence is not one of a kind but i've had my
0: So that is the master version of Body and Mind, and we're going to find out how you got there, Marie and Matthias. And so when did it all begin? I mean, it's intriguing with this record because it's in some ways the long-awaited debut album by Girl in Red. And yet you have put out a lot of stuff before because, of course, there's the EPs and the beginnings compilation. And, you know, there's a whole series of great singles. So I'm wondering, with regard to the debut album proper, what you wanted to do, you know, what you had in mind?
2: I had a lot going on in my body and mind, sir. I will tell you that. (laughs) Great way to start that. Um, But I mean, I just knew that I wanted to make an album because I've always wanted to be like an album artist, but like it just took me some time to sort of get there. So I started just making EPs and just putting out songs here and there because that kind of felt natural. And I didn't want to rush an album because, you know, I think that's kind of like counterproductive is like to be like, okay, I got to make an album now that I have a momentum and then the album sucks like, you know, for what? So I, I definitely just knew that I wanted to make the best album I could ever make. And this song was like one of the last ideas I had before I started like officially going into this album mode of like, okay, I'm going to work with Matthias and I'm going to, you know, finish this whole thing with him. And Yeah, body and mind started out as like just me fiddling around on this keyboard that I have on my left side here. And I was actually just making Instagram stories of me just like jamming out in my room. And then I found this like weird kind of just like electric piano synth in the stock sort of library of logic. And then I started distorting that a little bit and I started just playing this really cool intro for the. I didn't know it was going to be an intro, but I was like, oh, this is a really cool melody. And, uh, That's like where it all started. And then I started getting this like sassy kind of darker vibe and like this vocal line. And then the pandemic hit and I started coming up with very miserable
0: lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any of those early sounds that you were creating that we could listen to? Do you have Um, any kind of demos or anything like that?
3: Yeah, I have the original project. I can solo out the synth that riff you were talking about because I really remember that really like from the start. Yeah. Such when I played
2: it for you, I remember oh, wow
3: <laughs> Yeah, we could we could listen to that. Yeah, okay. that'd be great. So iconic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like although the song is like ended up as a completely different thing. It kind of brings me back to like early Max Martin stuff, like 90s Max Martin. It could have been like a dark Backstreet Boys kind of hook.
2: It's funny that you mentioned the Max Martin thing because like I was doing an interview the other day and someone actually said to me like this song, like it had something to it that felt very Max Martin. Whether that's like the the riff or like the maybe the singing and the chorus. It's kind of like a weird way of singing my Deepest Christ, For Now, it's just like a weird pronunciation of mm. the song. I don't know what he exactly meant, but...
3: I think, like, when I was thinking, it's definitely the riff, but also, like, the chords have this, a bit of that Max Martin touch, I guess. And with the melody, obviously, with that, uh 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 ah, uh, it's like, uh, <laughs> I keep, like, imagining myself, you being, like a Backstreet Boy or something, and then you're, like, doing the, like, the move going down. Duh, duh,
2: oh, duh. yeah, with, like, with my, with, like, <laughs> yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
3: and the camera, like, slides on the No side, one knows like, what duh.
2: we're doing right now, but I'm doing, like, a chicken kind of movement with my head, yeah. and it looks very <laughs> awkward, but it's probably a good thing that no one can see this. <laughs>
0: See, that's interesting because when I was listening to the track on the album, you know, I was thinking similar era, but Tupac and Dr. Dre and, you know, I I wasn't getting the boy band thing so much, but more the kind of the hip hop thing. But I guess that's the production of the time, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the drums really set you into that, like, uh, hip hop vibe. Hmm. And I mean, like this, I remember Marie coming with this track because Like the groove was there and like the bass thing and the riff, like a lot of the stuff was there already. So like the vibe was really strong when when we started working on it in the studio.
2: The vibe is strong within this one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but like I also felt like it had a really strong vibe because like the drums are also like, I felt like the drums I came with to you were a lot more like sloppier, but I definitely feel like we kept that kind of like organic kind of drum feel I actually have the original demo, and I... Matthijs, you have it, actually, so you can play it.
3: Yeah, I've got it.
2: (laughs) Never been heard before! Oh, my (laughs) God!
3: Sounds the same. (laughs) Yeah, the vibe. Yeah.
0: And how are you doing those drums, then, Marie?
2: I'm just programming, just like we yeah. did in the studio.
0: I did
3: change the snare sound. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely.
2: <laughs> the snare is very sloppy here.
0: But it has to uh, groove, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's yeah. the essence of it, isn't it? Yeah. And, and also even the vocal... That vocal melody and that, you know, that's all kind of there, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and I knew the chorus here as well. Like, I actually had the chorus here as well, but I just don't have it in this demo. But yeah. I I kind of knew where I wanted to take it, and, like, I very much had, like, in the studio. Oh, and here's, like...
3: Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah,
2: I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> we did not do that, luckily, but... um, <laughs> Yeah, so it definitely went through some changes, but... That's kind of like what making a song is It's just like constantly changing whatever you thought was good at some point and then being like no that actually sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that <laughs> demo though, was that all one session? One kind of you're in the zone and you're Yeah, you that were yeah, that, that was together. that
2: first that was that first night and like maybe early morning where I was like, "Yo, there's something here." Then I remember I sent it to my A&R, Will Hunt, and he was like, Yo, this is such a vibe, but not like that. He's not American at all. He's actually from London. So (laughs) I don't know why I suddenly made him into an American. Yeah. So I kind of always come up with ideas. And when like people I trust are like, wow, this is so cool. Then I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep working on this because it made me feel really good. But like when I know it makes someone else feel really good as well, then I'm like, yes, got to keep working on this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's good to get that confirmation. So when you shared the demo with Matthias, was this as you were going to go into the studio to make the record? Or was this like a pre-session to that?
2: Wasn't this like when we were like making Midnight Love and I was like showing you all the other stuff I also had. Mm. And like, I showed you like, Did You Come? and Body and Mind. And I also showed you like some very early demos of like Serotonin. Just like literally the entire album. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I remember after like we hit it off. You you kinda of trusted me. Yeah. With Midnight Love, you were like, Okay, I'll show him the rest of the album. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I literally I think that was that thought literally went through my head. I was like, Okay. He's a good Like man. I okay. like this man. So you know. But yeah, we had really great chemistry, so I like it went really fast.
0: So Midnight Love was the kind of tester. And um yeah, then definitely. the album cemented the relationship. So I mean, how did you come together?
3: I mean, uh, I just got a call from Will. Yeah. I mean, he just called me and said, hey, I'm working with this uh, artist called Girl in Round. I was like, yeah. Uh, And he said, yeah, we're looking for a Norwegian producer to kind of jump on this album because she's supposed to be traveling to like LA and like everywhere, but like Corona happened. Mm. So, I mean, he just sent her to Bergen and we had this session and it really worked. I think he heard like an album that I had produced by a Norwegian band and he wrote my name down and when he was like probably going through his norwegian producers list he had like yeah this guy which band had he heard uh, i think it's a band called <clears throat> cock motherfucker yeah <laughs> that a radio great album one. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> brilliant kmf <laughs> kmf right excellent and but you were originally planning to go to la to record this album then
2: i remember like even after i had done Cause like we finished Midnight Love very early March and Mm. that was right before like everything was about to shut down and Will still wanted me to go to, nobody really knew how bad stuff was going to get, but like I was going to go to LA just to meet a few producers and I was going to play some shows there in April. So like he really wanted me to meet someone up like there, but I was so happy working with Matthias, So I was like, I don't want to go to LA. So I read this newspaper and the newspaper people, they were like, and then she was stuck in Norway. I was like, actually, no, like I actually really wanted to do it with Matthias. I wasn't <laughs> stuck anywhere. But I'm so honestly, I'm so grateful that I didn't end up going to LA because I don't think that would have worked out for me personally because I that feels like what everyone thinks you should do is just like go to LA and just meet up with a bunch of people. Like, I don't think that's always like the right thing. Like if you just meet a good person you have great chemistry with and like creative chemistry with... You should just be with that person. And if you are able to execute whatever you want to do, then, like, go for it.
0: Yeah, totally. So you went to Bergen then after the Midnight Love experience. You went back to Bergen to start working on these other songs that you had shared with Matthias that day. And so with Body and Mind, I mean, having heard that demo, what did you do next? You know, what was the next stage?
2: Writing lyrics was one for sure. (laughs) That took a long time. And then I feel like we just started also like recording vocals quite early on and like changing out like the snare. Matthias, he's like such a great mixer. So like I sent the demo to him and then I'll be sitting in the couch and then he'd be just like be cleaning everything up and just making it all sound like, (laughs) like really good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But you could use the demo as the framework for the song then Matthias. Oh yeah. I mean, I just, normally I just get
3: like uh, all the files she has. And I just run them through like my gear and I start playing around and switching sounds like, oh, this snare sounds a bit dark or whatever. And then I change it and just making it tight, you know, Uh, but like I use everything that I can use from Marie's original demo sessions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which really continues that whole uh, vibe, I suppose, that you've always had, which is this kind of intimacy to what you do, Marie. You know, you started in your bedroom and it still feels like we're there kind of with you in your bedroom, even though you've moved for the recording to Bergen and recording in a, like a, an official studio. Um, but mm. because of that, it means that that whole feel, that whole feeling that you have as Girl in Red, no matter how much you polish it, the essence is that mm. kind of intimacy.
3: I think that's really important because, I mean, the vibe is so strong. I mean, like with the demos that it's like, there's no point fixing something that's, like, perfect already. Like, once you start, like, oh, yeah, we need, like, real drums on this. And then you try to do that and it loses, like, the vibe because a lot of the sound is that it is programmed the way Marie programs it, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah,
2: and also I think, like, the reason why it still kind of, like, sounds like me is because, like, it's not like I send the stems to the studio and then, like, I leave and, I'm like, I come back to, like, be like, hey, okay, so how done are you, Matthias? Like, mm. I'm I'm so present in the yeah. studio and it's so important for me to sort of still remain like in that producer role. And I feel like Matthias has actually boosted my like ego so much. Like when I was like, yeah, I don't even call myself a producer. And he was like, bitch. Like he never said bitch though, but like <laughs> he was like, you are a producer. And that just really, that really made me feel even more comfortable in the studio.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think you're a great producer. I love you, man. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like I kind of understand the thing because like I didn't feel that I could call myself a producer before I could, like, engineer or whatever, you know, like, I could operate a studio. But that's not, like, if you go back in time, like, the producer wouldn't be the technician. You know, you would have, like, an engineer. It's just a creative thing, you know. And, I mean, yep. you're great at programming and being a technician as well. Yeah, Man, it's, it's we mostly, ju- we just, like...
2: we just boosted each yeah. other.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but your, your way of thinking, you know, like, your ideas and everything. Like, when we st- had, like, worked for a couple of sessions... We evolved this like, we don't really speak as much as we did like in the first session because we're like connected. So she kind of ups the game because I do something and she says, okay, that's really cool. But imagine if it sounds like stardust that explodes and then it kind of goes into this dark place and you can still see a light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that way of like talking about music with you and that you also always understand what I'm talking about, even though it's like, it's weird as hell, whatever I'm trying to convey. But it all makes That's sense. That's why we're, we're synced, my dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seeing as you use the demo for the framework and build up from there, maybe you could build up the track, Matthias, and talk us through each thing that was added till we get to the final version of Body and Mind. Would that be possible?
3: Yeah, I mean, it kind of started with, like, we heard, like, on the demo, it has, like, all these, what is that, that's, like, a Rhodes or something through an amp, and, like, all those, like, extra sounds were there, like, the bass, we changed that bass, like, we kept, like, most of the arrangement, but I think I just changed the sound. And like the drums. Yeah, I changed the kick and the snare sound, but we kept like the hi-hat, added a little, little like slapback delay on the drums. I mean, and all of this is just like this is basically the arrangement from the original demo, just with different sounds. Yeah, we added some guitars to kind of make those chords pop, you know.
2: And some synths.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's like the synths and the guitars. And so are they all played in by yourselves? Yeah. And are you fiddling around until you get the right thing you need?
3: Yeah, basically.
0: I mean, I think like the
3: synth thing was just something that I added like as a suggestion. And I was a bit uncertain because it's a bit glossy and it kind of has that, uh, you know, like Max Martin, like 90s color, you know, like... (laughs) You know, it could easily be a bit like tacky. So I was a bit like unsure, but Marie was like, oh, shit, that's dope. (laughs) But I I also
2: remember I said it was a little bit too breathy. Remember that? Like I felt like it was a bit too, like, too airy.
3: So I think we put like an EQ on or a filter to make it a bit more subtle.
2: Yeah, and like more like tight. But I think it like it right now where it is feels perfect. perfect. <laughs> yes, it is. I actually love it so much.
0: Excellent. Um, and let's continue into the track. I mean, what else should we hear? I mean, like when you hear the demo, like on
3: the second verse, it kind of went double speed, but we just basically copied... A lot of the, the first one yeah the first part i just kept that vibe actually i was like really obsessed with like what is it called when you when you play the drums with like jazz drums you know like uh, the brushes yeah
2: yeah uh, like the sh- sh- those ones
3: yeah so we had like the
2: Yeah, the wisps.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The and are, those, are those from a program or are they, did you play those in?
3: I think I might have like used just like a stock sample, like just the sound and then chopped it up to match like the groove that we wanted. And also, we were doing this thing about like we were overdubbing all those stuffs by like rubbing our hands on like our pants, pants. or yeah. jackets or whatever and micing that up and just playing like the same groove. But I think you can
0: hear like, it's like layered. Amazing. So Marie, you just did a gesture where you rubbed your hand. So you're literally rubbing one hand on top of the other and recording that as yeah. An yeah, extra kind on, of... Yeah, on like
2: on our pants and stuff. We did that also for Midnight Love. We actually did like a lot, just like hand stuff in the yeah. studio and just like kind of recorded my hand on like the on wood and just like stuff that Matthijs had in the studio. Because mm. it gives like um, some extra spice, you know? Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. And also, like, I think we added, like, some saxophone as well.
2: Wait, sat? Oh, yeah, there's the... a saxophone
3: in the background there.
2: Yeah. I remember I was really skeptical of Yeah. that. <laughs> I was saxophone? like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's the one. Oh.
3: What's that, that part What's is that part? so insane. Yeah, that's, like, the part leading up to the second chorus. It's kind of like a it's like a pre-chorus that it's not like in the first one it's just a pre-chorus that comes once
2: yeah i came up with that when i was in horton i wrote those lyrics and i kept singing it like this like like i kept hearing that in my head like this really big breakdown I kind of felt like the lyrics here were really like taking control over like what the song turned into, because it really feels like when I'm like, yeah, oh, that part is just so fucking dope. Oh my god, I can't multitask and listen to it and talk. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of just like a, it's like breakdown, kind of like a conclusion within the song kind of like a second like the first bridge but it's not really a bridge it's just like this like moment of like realization of like i can't live like this anymore we kind of make this like big whirlwind sounds like with the lyrics when i'm like of self is something i don't really know so i suppose like we dubbed that like a million times yeah you, you had to- like
3: you were screaming like mm. like crazy and we did like i don't know how many overdubs So dope yeah and we I think we pitched down a couple of the voices as well
2: yeah and just like a bunch of distortion we filled the void with all the yeah. void echoes there I love that part
3: that's yeah, great energy and it's really surprising because like it kind of feels like a middle eighth coming in. But it's like the structure is really like exciting because things aren't happening where they normally happen. So when that part comes in, that's like after the second verse. Eh? I mean, that's not like a normal structure, which makes it really exciting to listen to. Yeah.
2: And it also just fits there perfectly because the transition is the lyrical build-up. So dope.
1: Mm.
3: And then we got like the middle eight. in
1: the deep and since I realized there is a difference between body and mind.
3: Yeah, we really a, worked on the vocals yeah.
2: there. Cuz that's where the, the the title of the album in fact can make you go quiet.
1: if make and Get some rest from my And
0: so in terms of um recording the voice for this track and you know, there are lots of different interesting effects on the voice at different points in different songs on the record. Mm. And like you're saying, it keeps the listener guessing all the time. You now because there are at least little subtle changes that happen and we kind of don't know what to expect. But then once we get familiar with the songs, we kind of look forward to hearing those little changes mm. that you're making. And um, So how would you be recording Marie's vocals?
3: It's pretty straightforward, actually. I mean, like, I don't even think we used that much time trying to find the right microphone. I think we ended up with this um, Stam audio, like a U47 replica which sounds great, it's like a tube mic. And I run it through a Neve preamp, and then I run it through this compressor, star level compressor by Retro Instruments, and like, probably just a little EQ, and that's it. And I mean, it took some time for Marie to get used to it, because like, she always recorded her vocals monitoring through Logic, with like her preset, like the signature girl in red vocal sound. And like, I didn't have like an outboard reverb. And there was like latency on the computer if I was to send the reverb out for her to sing on. So she had to kind of learn to sing on like a dry vocal.
2: Which is what I prefer now, actually.
3: I mean, I think that's always the best way to do it.
2: Yes, that is actually what I've learned to really like recently is to sing without reverb and then Mattai sent me like an image maybe like two weeks ago or something that hey I got a new reverb that now we can and I'm like <laughs> fuck man what am I gonna tell this man
1: <laughs>
2: but I had a hard time singing this album actually just because I I was really stressed and I wasn't singing that much just because like I wasn't on tour anymore. So like always the first three days of like singing in the studio was kind of like rough. And I'll always be like, Matthias, I fucking hate singing. I hate singing. I hate singing. And, <laughs> yeah. and then like on the fourth day, I'll be like, oh, okay. My throat is like moving again and I can sing. And it feels like it's not just like this, you know, goat trying to do something.
3: <laughs> yeah, I remember that. You, you were like obsessed with this. You were doing like,
2: uh, yeah. Uh, can you, I, hear can yeah, you hear that? Can you hear that?
3: I don't know what happened. I'm losing my voice.
2: <laughs> yeah, was some, I was really anxious. Something was going, you know, wrong with my voice, and that I was gonna lose everything and lose my career, lose my voice.
3: I think we counted like five months together. Yeah. In the studio, working on the album, and I mean, a lot of that time was just doing vocals. Maria's really obsessed with like the vocals being perfect and like it could be just like like a word or pronunciation or whatever you know like lyrics and vocals are like you're super focused on that and i mean like that's the hardest thing to be focused on i think as a producer yeah recording a lead vocal for the like 70th time or whatever it's like it's hard to stay focused and that it's good that we're two about it
2: yeah
0: That's interesting. So, but Marie, you'd rather keep going and doing take after take until you're happy, or would you go through it line by line or even word by word?
2: I feel like we did a few different, like sometimes we were like, okay, just play the whole thing through. And then I'd be like, I don't actually have the voice to sing this whole song through all the time. So we sometimes we do like word by word or like phrases and we never had like one way of doing it because sometimes I had a really good first take. And like
1: Mm.
2: on Serotonin, I remember the, I think the rap, Verse there is like a first take or a second mm. take, and like yeah. that's super raw. So it really just depends on like how am I feeling right now when I'm recording this. So mm. it's always like changing.
3: But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I could think like I could say like, oh, that take is great, and Marie knows that is not great because she wasn't feeling great.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just gotta go with your gut, but sometimes it's good to listen to other people also because Matthias has a gut too. And it's it's not terrible.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Marie, it's obviously very important to you to get the lyrics right and to get the performance of those lyrics right as well. So in terms of the music, so that it sounds like you get the music right quite quickly, you know, especially if you go from such a, a well-executed demo in terms of executing your ideas and what you're thinking about the song, that it's getting that other stuff right <laughs> proves hardest. Mm.
2: Yeah, and kind of just like getting... Dynamics, I feel like, like making a dynamic and interesting song. I always have, like, I always feel like I have very strong verse ideas and very strong chorus ideas, and then it's just like the rest, how can I keep this interesting and how can I keep this like idea alive? And then it's like, yeah, the rest of just vocals and performance and, you know, lyrics and making things not sound like I've heard it a million times before.
3: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the music happens really fast, I think. Like, normally we get that up and running, like, the first day. Yeah. And then we're, like, really optimistic, thinking, oh, man, we're going to (laughs) finish this track tomorrow. (laughs) But then we spend, like, a month Three
2: months later, still struggling.
3: (laughs) But, I mean, that's a good thing, because your lyrics are really good. And, I mean, that's the thing that keeps changing the most. I feel like you could even change, like, a word like right before we're like sending it away or something you know like yeah it was one track that we did that on and you're like oh i need to fix that word and your lyrics are like super sharp and like it's just perfume you know it's like the clean like it's the essence of everything it's like no words are there just to fill in you know yeah yeah
2: unless they are to fill in yeah. syllables, but you know, <laughs> I, I definitely feel like every single word is really important. And I that was very special uh, or important for Body and Mind, the track as well, to get, have every single word sound good in like in the vibe that the song was like, like getting my hands dirty and kind of like being able to perform it in a way that w- would really suit the vibe of the song. It's like so many things you got to think of when writing a song, but I feel like we made it all sound a and great track
0: yeah yeah totally Um, I think we should have another quick blast of the master and then move on to the next song we're going to talk about Yeah. so um here is the master again of body and mind
1: been in the deep and since I realized there is a difference between body and mind if I could make it go quiet inside get some rest from my wary tonight I'm giving my all for a remedy I don't leave it all behind but
0: it is body and mind the mastered version if i could make it go quiet the album we're going to look at another track in just a moment after this quick break You may have heard us talk about Tape It before, and if you haven't, then let me fill you in as they are the sponsor of today's episode with a fantastic offer for you. Tape It is an iPhone recording app made by musicians for musicians. Many of our guests on Tape Notes, music industry friends and listeners rely on voice notes to record their early ideas. People like the Lumineers, Ezra Collective and Fred again have all shared recordings with us made on voice notes. But what you wouldn't have heard are the long pauses where they're searching for those recordings. We wouldn't want to put you through that. As you can understand, organizing and finding the right notes, let alone a specific part, can be a nightmare. Tape-It solves all of that voice memo chaos with intuitive labeling features including automatic instrument detection, markers and collaborative mixtapes, meaning you can share band practices, organize set lists and brainstorm ideas with co-writers and band members. Plus, you can record straight from your lock screen and attach text and photo notes to each recording. One of our favorite features within It Pro is that you can record in stereo using two microphones along with gentler dynamic compression to give a much more natural sound than any of the usual apps. It's a huge upgrade to the microphone and all-round audio quality. It really helps support the podcast whenever you engage with our sponsors. So if Tape It sounds like an app you'd use, then do us a favor. Pause the episode, head to the link in a recent episode show notes, or visit tape.it forward slash Tape Notes and give Tape It a go. That's tape.it forward slash Tape Notes. You can download for free or use the promo code Tape Notes for 50% off Tape It Pro. Thank you. And now on with the show. Did you do it? Honestly, Tape It is fantastic. All of the Tape Notes team members are complete converts, and excitingly, some of our guests have started to use it as well. So I really would recommend checking it out. This episode is supported by Musiversal, an amazing new service for working with session musicians remotely. If you use session musicians or would like to, but it's been too expensive or hard to organize, this is for you. And we have a special offer for any Tape Notes listeners, 25% off for the first three months, and you get to skip the waitlist. But more on that in a moment. I've got David from Musiversal here to tell us all about it. Hello, David. What is Musiversal?
4: Hey, John, thank you so much for having us on here. Appreciate it a ton. Musiversal is an online remote recording studio for artists, producers, composers, anyone who's a music creator to work with session musicians remotely. In a couple of clicks, you can go on and you can book a session with a drummer or a guitar player, a piano player, you name it, they're on the platform. And so the way that it works is all of the sessions are hosted over live stream. So all of the, you know, Revisions and feedback and all of the different little, you know, hey, um, would you mind, you know, moving to the ride symbol for the fourth bar? Or would you mind, you know, finger plucking instead of using a pick? You know, all of those types of creative choices can happen quite literally as if the musician is in the room just done over live stream. Yeah.
0: It sounds amazing. And in a way, the clue is in the name Musiversal. It means that whether you're a beginner or whether you're somebody with a lot of experience, you can still get access to the same kind of level of musicianship and creativity.
4: Yeah, it's amazing because it allows the music to have expression on it and musicianship that, you know, if I'm sitting in my basement playing piano versus a piano player that's played for, you know, Jay-Z or has been playing for 25 plus years, the material that comes out of that is going to sound night and day. What does it cost? So the service is $200 a month US and included in that is all of the sessions. So there's no additional fees or anything. You know, you get to book as many sessions as you can have per month. To put it in perspective, the average user probably books about five to seven sessions per month, but we actually have some users booking 10, 12, 15 sessions per month. So I mean, you can do the math on 200, the, the deal really is awesome. And it, it allows people to work with incredible musicians and, and, you know, not break the bank. It sounds great. Can you remind us what the offer is for Take Notes listeners? Well, look, we're so thankful um, that you guys are having us on here. What we would love to do is offer 25% off per month for their first three months. And then the other cool part is they get to skip our waitlist. So, you know, we usually run a waitlist. It's about two weeks long. But in this case, you know, finding us through this episode, you could have a session as early as tomorrow. Fantastic.
0: And to get the offer, all you have to do is find the link in any of our recent episode show notes. David, thank you so much for speaking to us. And maybe one day we'll be talking about
4: a piece of music that's been created using Musiversal. That would be incredible. We cannot wait for that day.
0: So we are now going to look at Did You Come with Marie and Matthias. And Matthias is going to play us a quick blast of the master so we can all know what it sounds like. So that is the finished version of did you come from if i could make it go quiet and i thought it would be great to talk about this one after talking about body and mind because you were talking about writing lyrics and getting the vocal expression of those words then in the right way and with something like did you come and one of the great things about what you do marie as a songwriter is this conversational style that you have so it every time we listen to the songs it's as if you're speaking to us in real time and telling us the story and and it feels really alive because of that. And yet, it's interesting to hear that each single word is so um, specifically chosen for a reason. And, And I think that's really interesting because it doesn't feel like that in terms of the communication. Yeah. you know, The communication as if, you know, you're ringing us up and you're singing us this song and telling us about what's been going on, but it takes a long time to get that right.
2: Yeah. It's unbelievable how much it really means like in the end result of like what words you choose and like how many syllables and how like making sure that you use like these sounds instead of these sounds in case that sound kind of disappears. And even though that might not make sense, but it's like saying don't instead of won't because won't kind of like sounds a little little bit wonky in the mix. And it kind of, it's really just about like understanding like how important it is for like articulation for stuff to really like pop out in the track. But then again, not make it seem like You know it's not this like very sort of low-key like oral just like talking kind of vibe i also feel like especially on this track it is very conversational even like on one lyric i'm like tell the truth wait never mind as it's it's very much like happening right here and Mm. like there's i'm actually talking to someone like right here you know and then i'm like wait actually i changed my mind about that don't don't answer all these things i just asked you yeah, lyrically, I feel like this is one of the most interesting songs on the album.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, and, and that's amazing because you're also writing these songs in a foreign language. Yes. You no, know? so you're thinking in English when you're writing them.
2: Um, I honestly don't know. I think so, but I, like, I feel like I think in English, like. A lot. And I feel like I've been like that ever since I was a kid. I was just like been talking, like my inner voice is often just like me interviewing myself, just like in English. Um, I do the same. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's it's a thing. It's so weird, but it's definitely been great that, you know, I have like an English manager now and just the fact that I talk English every single day, it has definitely helped me a lot. And I should probably read more also to sort of expand my vocabulary a little bit.
0: Mm. Well, you know, whatever you're doing, It's working really well, and uh, your ability to communicate in different languages is is very impressive. So with Did You Come, we have a demo, I think. Yes, we do. And what was the approach with the demo when you recorded it?
2: So the demo started out uh, in 2019, and I was just like, wow, okay, there's a vibe here. Don't know what it is fully, but it feels dark and it feels angry. I was touring the majority of 2019, so the vocals are recorded like in a hotel room, I think in London. And also I think some of the vocals are recorded on a train with like my, like uh, air (laughs) buds. And um, yeah, but I still feel like I had a very sort of like, there's a very strong idea here and you can kind of hear it very well, but yeah, we should should listen to the demo. Yeah. The vocals are also incredibly bad. (laughs)
0: So, did you record this demo in the same way that you did for Body and Mind? Is this all done using you know, whatever you find in, in a sound pack or you know whatever you've got on your computer?
2: Yeah, this was just like guitar. There was more guitar here and bass and real instruments. Also, I, this was just more like on the road as well. So, Body and Mind was just like a very concise, just like one evening and just like an early morning making that uh, demo. And kind of figuring out this vibe and this one kind of took a longer time like it had a longer journey and this was all i had made for this song when i brought it to the studio and i kind of like with body and mind i was like i had a much clearer vision of a structure but this song i was like i knew i didn't want it to have like a big chorus i knew i kind of just wanted to stay in this vibe but i wasn't fully sure about the arrangement and that was something i kind of like figured out in the studio with matthias a little bit more Because I was very much set that this isn't a big chorus track. It's just like, how can I keep this interesting and and just vibey?
3: And I mean, like when you hear the demo and I haven't heard it since the first time I heard it. And then we got working on the track, but we kept a lot of the stuff. Like I just remember like the drum pattern was so fascinating because it has like this hi-hat going crazy with some rides and like a shuffling more like electronic music and I always thought that was really fascinating and like we kept like most of the stuff I mean we just worked on like the structure and the dynamics
2: especially dynamics yeah
3: yeah like we, c- is... we cut
2: a lot more stuff out and cleaned yeah. it up a little bit this is Yourself, basically
3: the same like eyes, like body and mind I changed like the snare and the kick but kept like the hi-hats and the cymbals. And I mean like... All of this is from the original.
2: Yeah, that's like the first demo stuff recorded in like a hotel room. That had so much mid in it, it was so muddy, but we cleaned it all up.
3: Yeah, it's all beautiful. I mean... Yeah. A lot of this, like the demos have like... You haven't worked that much like on EQing stuff. Yeah. So it might feel a bit too, like, messy once you hear it. But, I mean, it's just about cleaning up a lot of it and making stuff a bit more, like, punchy and cut through, you know?
2: I think that's something that you do really great because I feel like I could show this idea to someone else and they'll be like what is this this sounds like some lo-fi thing but like I hear it sounding bigger and I feel like you've been also really great at understanding that my songs also sound bigger but like I'm actually a way better like mixer now than like Matias have like taught me so much and just like from watching him and just like listening to like small tweaks he does like my demos now sound like way better than what they did like last year and But yeah, I just feel like you really understand that and hear my songs kind of like in that Madison Square Garden type of vibe that I also see them exist in.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we're both at Madison Square Garden. We're going to (laughs) be backstage there, my dude. Yeah. I mean, like the most obvious thing that changed on this one this far in the track are the vocals.
1: Yeah. You should know better
3: now. Have more energy. Like your demo was a bit like... A bit more, like, druggy, I guess.
1: Yeah. Through my eyes, you're so fake, it's all us.
3: And I mean, well, like, distortion Just is, like, a big thing on this record because Marie loves distortion and I love distortion. Yeah. So, like, I think all the things that have distortion are, like, the Devil Lock plug-in by Soundtoys. I mean, it's a compressor distortion kind of thing. It emulates, like, this old sure PA system limiter and it just gives like this incredible presence so like when we're talking about like energy and like just things popping up more i just slapped that one on and you got those now right marie
2: yeah i do got the I, sound B- toys B- package? I bought the <laughs> sound toys package after i, I started working with that Matthias. that's how it does it i was like i, I want to have that Alter boy thing
3: yeah the little altar boy that's yeah. the one we use for pitching
2: yeah so much can't forget i can't forget I this is
3: basically just Marie's vocals I'm overdubbed sure. once I guess pass, through the devil lock up, and like yeah, this huge reverb
1: did you reverb. do the you know
3: I don't know did we do something different on the like the second verse
1: uh yes I can't forget, I can't forget I shouldn't know
3: we added like a distorted bass here as well like a bit more like rocky.
2: Because the first one was there, the, the one that's like do 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 yeah. But then this one on the second half there.
3: Yeah, we shopped it up.
2: Yeah, I think I had that um, second half idea also in the, in the original demo, when it's like that boom-boom-boom, like, you know, when the... If you listen to the demo, I think you can hear it, that I had this idea of that that was going to come. Yeah, but that bass, Matthias put that on.
0: Right, so that's Matthias playing. And on the demo, you're playing the guitar, you're playing the bass line as well, all those separate parts. Yep. Because um, what's your first instrument?
2: Ah, uh, that? <laughs> that's a good question. I mean,
0: it, do, uh, <laughs>
2: I don't think I have a first instrument because I play a little bit piano, a little bit bass, and a little bit guitar, and I kind of, I feel like my first instrument now is just, like, making songs. Like, yeah. if that would be an instrument, I feel like that would be my instrument.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I really connect with that because I remember when Marie came to the studio and she, I don't know if you were kind of like, yeah, I'm not a great bass player, but you know, I play or whatever. Mm. Like I'm the same. Like I play a little bit of everything, but I wouldn't call myself like a really good instrumentalist. And that's like the thing that with Marie that, like for instance, on Midnight Love, I had like a shallow in the hallway, like someone left it there. And I was like, oh, it'd be great to have like some... Cello pluckings on the track, and she was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And I brought the cello and said, All right, play.
2: Yeah. And then, and then she I was
3: like, I don't play cello. Yeah, but ne- me neither. And she just sat down and started riffing on it, you know. And I put up a microphone, and we
2: did find something cool. And that's cool. it, you know.
3: Yeah. Her instrument is definitely her brain, you know.
2: Dude, that's beautifully said right there. My instrument is my brain. <laughs> Holy yeah. hell.
0: That is a very quotable line. That's fantastic. I love that. What more do we need to hear from? Did you come? I mean, I think some people would want to know the inspiration for these lyrics. Yeah. Because it's Um, like a, there's a, a kind of revenge element to it.
2: Yes. So it's about being cheated on. And I personally never been cheated on, but I've been very angry in my life. And I think I've tried to put that anger into a story about being cheated on. So this song is really about being really angry and being very heartbroken. And then wanting to know all these things and having all these questions and you kind of just like, you know, when you just like you wonder about so many things, but you also don't want to know. Like, so it's kind of like I'm asking all these questions like, was she good? Like, did you come like how many times? But then again, like, wait, actually, I don't want to know. And then it's about like being just so angry and just feeling really misunderstood, uh, like the lyrics and. Um, I'm not upset. I'm fucking pissed. I spelled it out. You're illiterate. It's just to me. It's just like feeling like you're trying to tell someone that how it incredibly messed up what they've done is. and then someone coming back to you and just like not giving you the response you feel like you really are looking for and kind of being like, you don't understand me at all right now. I feel like you are illiterate and kind of you don't understand what I'm like spelling out for you. So it's just about being, Yeah, really angry. And then I put that into the context of someone being cheated on. But even though it's about cheating, it doesn't need to be about cheating. It can also just be a fight with someone, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's kind of controlled anger in a way, which gives it an extra strength to it as well. And also, in many ways, although it does get quite distorted and get quite noisy, it's quite controlled as well, musically, because, you know, one way of interpreting this song or performing this song would be to go all out noise, like Cock Motherfucker, maybe, and, <laughs> and, and, and and you know, just lay it on people to get all that anger yep. out. A- another element I want to ask you about is because obviously when you perform live, you know, you've got this great band that you play with. Are they involved in, in the recording on the album at all? Nope, not no, not at all. So it's just the two of you on this record.
2: They have absolutely no say. So it's
0: just Marie and Matthias playing everything. Two lousy musicians. (laughs) 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 Two lousy musicians
3: with big brains.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
3: (laughs) I remember like the first session, you wanted to play everything. And I I respected that like totally. And I still do like if Marie can do something, it will always be in a different way. So that's always nice to keep, you know, but like... Like now, like I remember the last sessions we had, like you didn't really mind that I picked up the guitar unless you were like, oh wait, you're playing it almost right. And then you grabbed it and then you played it right.
2: Yeah, I remember on like <laughs> track nine, I had already made the guitar and recorded the guitar, but then you re-recorded the guitar. So like you yeah. impersonated the guitar I had recorded already. Mm. And that type of like, okay, I'm, I feel comfortable enough with you doing that because like the way I'm listening to it right now, it sounds good. And it's not like you are, you know, trying to switch up the course or anything. You just like simply just like re-recorded it properly. So stuff like that, I'm totally fine with. And also what I've also really loved about working with Matthias is, is that he never takes up a lot of space. If that makes sense. Like Matthias is like, he takes the space when I, if I'm like, kind of like at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know anymore. And then he, <laughs> he really re- he grabs me and kind of brings me back into this space. But He's never made me feel like he is trying to make this song or something else that I've wanted it to be or anything, which I think is like Mm. why I think he's such an incredible producer. It's just because like, I always felt like he had so much respect for me in the studio. And you know, likewise, I love you, man. I know I said it twice (laughs) already, but
3: (laughs) yeah. But I mean, I think like coming into this project was really important for me to give you the space that you needed. Like you don't need anyone basically, like you did everything yourself at the start, you know, but now you wanted someone. And like, I was an artist myself starting off and I wanted to have control over everything. And I ended up producing and mixing a lot of my stuff myself after a couple of records. And then I kind of felt I couldn't include anyone else. So I kind of know how it feels to get like someone else into the room. So I was really respectful about like making sure that, you had all your ideas heard. And that's the bonus because all of your ideas are great, you know. Thanks,
4: dude.
3: I kind of just fill in where I need to fill in. Like, if you're lost on something, I'll be like, okay, what about this? Ah, no, not that. Okay, what about this? Oh, that's cool. But what about this? You say, you know, like we build on top of each other, you know.
2: We're a great team, my dude.
3: And I mean, like, now I remember that part where I put like a lot of reverb and distortion on your vocal. This part, wasn't it? (laughs)
2: Oh yeah, this one.
3: Yeah, we didn't know what to do here. And we we were like stuck and I just copied like your vocal and just pasted it there with a bunch of reverb and shit and you were like, whoa!
2: Yeah, I remember this so well because I had felt so lost for this part and we had tried a bunch of different things for so long and we both were like, okay, none of this is right. And also like that, because remember that last part was actually this like, completely silent part was just, like yeah. we've gone through so many different things on this song oh like,
3: man
2: yeah yeah we've had we tried a lot of different things but that I'm really happy that we went back to that reverb part because because that feels like it feels like it had something to do in the song already like we were familiar with that theme but it's not completely similar so it's not like oh my god once again we're hearing the like this theme but it's like because it just sounds so like woo all over the place it works really well
3: mm, so yeah I mean, that's the thing we do a lot, like parts can be like the complete opposite, like energy wise or production wise, like some parts can be like really quiet and we live with that for a while. And then we're like, no, that's wrong. Let's switch it up. And then we like re-record that part with a totally different energy. And I mean, a lot of producers would probably be like, no, I know what we should do and let's stick to this, you know, but I mean, I, I just think it's really fascinating going through all the different kind of ideas that Marie has, because we ended up with this album. And we did that by doing it like we do it, you know, like, we wouldn't end up with this album if we didn't check
0: out like the million, like possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it works. It it totally does work. Um, Maybe we should round up with uh, Did You Come and, and... Uh, hear more of the master but I like that bit with all the reverb and there are kind of explosions going on there's all sorts of mm. of sounds and noises um, near the end of the song as it gets builds to a frenzy yeah um, maybe we could hear a blast of that Matthias
1: oh
3: this part Marie remember
2: yeah so good
3: this was also something else I think and then you just came up with this melody
2: yeah, this took forever. Also.
3: Yeah, that hi hat working.
2: Yeah. This melody is like me, but in reverse, I believe. Yeah, yeah it's in reverse. Yeah. we just had so much stuff in the back there yeah that one yeah yeah that's my vocal
3: pitched
0: and and then yeah altar boy reversed it's beautiful absolutely fantastic we're going to take a quick break and we're going to look at one more song in just a moment So the next song we're going to look at is A Palm 402. We've just had a little break, but the interesting thing is, unbeknownst to people listening to this episode right now, we've had more than just a few seconds break. We've had a week's break in our conversation because um, with your busy agenda the week of release, Marie, you had to go off and do some things. And in the meantime, the album is now out in the world properly. We were originally talking when um, it was building to release and you were going to have a, a little release party with your family. Did you do that? Did you have fun?
2: Yes. I mean, we talked the day before, I believe, and Mm. uh, I did have a great party. I mean, I got beer on tap, which was amazing. (laughs) You know, we spent like a little money on the extra stuff. I got a cool album cake and also Taylor Swift posted about my album, which was insane. She was, yeah, I fucking (laughs) died. She was like, (laughs) (laughs) everyone drop everything. I've been listening on this album on repeat And she said he was, like, spectacular, and I, you know, I cried for an hour.
0: That is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm still intrigued to know what a cool album cake looks like. So was it the cover on a cake?
2: Yeah, it was the cover on the cake, and, like, the character or, like, the painting on the cake was, like, a 3D thing. It's on my Instagram to anyone who wants to see, but I'm not a cake person, but I loved giving everyone a chop of my cake. I just took a bite of the the character's head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic, because I love the artwork on the album. I think it's a beautiful painting. Agreed. Yeah, looks fantastic. But um, obviously, we're here to talk about music. And the next song we're going to look at from the album is Apartment 402. So let's hear a blast of the master of that. And then we'll pull it apart and take it back to the beginning.
1: way out, and all the ways I've been torn, strip my heart to the core, all of my fears combined, walking the thinnest of lines, when the sunlight hits the
0: The mastered version of Apartment 402 from the album If I Could Make It Go Quiet. And Marie, how did this song begin then?
2: So this song started out in my apartment, Apartment 402.
0: So that is the real address then?
2: That's, I live in that apartment. I'm in it right now. Amazing. This is where all the, the bad and the good stuff happens. So it starts out with this guitar that has a lot of reverb on it and has a side chain on it as well, and it's uh, like this very like pulsating guitar. That was the spark of this entire song because that made me feel incredibly sad. This thing right here. That was the beginning of everything. And I just thought it was so beautiful and it made me see a lot of stuff. But I didn't know exactly what it made me see at first because I just saw this like person in this apartment just like like this person who had sort of like given up fully and just like laying on the floor. And I was just writing a bunch of lyrics for many months without doing anything to the song because I didn't know what to do with it. And I eventually then came up with the chorus melody and some chorus lyrics, like late 2019. And if you listen to the chorus melody. much I close the void and burn it off this melody and like that pulsating guitar was kind ball. of what it's I just had for the first few months of the song and uh, I then I brought it to the studio I really didn't have a lot other than a very strong feeling about this song like I felt like there was something here that I had to explore. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely the song that took the longest to finish in the studio. And it was also definitely one that I had to sort of really figure out or solve in a way.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's interesting how, um, you know, when you listen to the track, you kind of think it's a purely electronic track. But to think that it started with you and your guitar and creating a sound and, you know, sidechaining that sound and manipulating it. No, you wouldn't know necessarily that the guitar was even involved, and yet that was the whole starting point.
2: Yeah, and it's still just like guitar and piano is mostly what drives the song. And obviously, it's more like the kind of like electronic stuff that we've added, or like the beat is kind of very electronic. That sort of, the beat really colors the sound, so it really makes it feel like it's an electronic track. But even like Mm. the main stuff that was recorded, it wasn't an electric guitar though, so like there has been like stuff but also electronic music doesn't have to stem from an electronic place anyways so i guess it is electronic music i honestly don't yeah, even know is. i know very little about music <laughs>
0: yeah uh, well i don't know about that But it, I, it, it's just always fascinating isn't it because uh, you know in the modern world sounds source is quite different from you know the results or the finished thing you know because we use sound in so many different ways now when we create music that we can turn, you know, the crunch of a a nut into an amazing drum beat or whatever. No, yeah, Um, I think think it's the way you use. Do you really
2: want to try that or something?
0: (laughs) 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 No, I I don't. I'm a bit fearful with nuts. I think my teeth would fall apart if I tried to record me biting into a big nut. I think.
2: Yeah, don't do that.
0: No, it's dangerous. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's
3: the way you use the instruments, I guess, Mm. because Like, it is basically an acoustic song, because like all the elements are acoustic. I mean, everything besides the kick is acoustic, like, you know, the fast things going like... The hi-hat? Yeah, I mean, that's like the brushes again. Yeah. Yeah. They're just chopped and looped and run through like this tremolo that makes it kind of have movement. And I think we also have, like, the the lap, like, uh, our hands stroking our clothes even there. Yeah. So it's like a lot of it is just acoustic stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. But it creates this other other world, really, because you kind of have a musical soundscape world going on here in this track that, in a way, it it really ties in with the whole mood and... Sound of the song, but also the lyric as well. And I also find it really interesting that, you know, that one little sound triggered so much in you, you know, that it it triggered colors and thoughts, and you started to think about uh, a character within an apartment going through a personal crisis of some kind. Um, Because the interesting thing is with your style of songwriting, we invest in the narrator who is you marie the girl in red and yes. you know we think that you're spilling out all your emotions and the turbulence of your life and you are but you're also telling some stories too and and you're also going through ideas and and exploring stories that you see around you as much as you experience
2: yeah i feel like that's a really as a songwriter that it's so important to be able to do that and especially like look not always look within but like look what other people are experiencing and then be like wait I felt something like this and kind of take that feeling that you have put it in the music and the instrumental but take the story that like from someone else and kind of apply it onto your own life which is really what I I do that a lot I see what other people do and I kind of relate to it and then I apply it into my own experiences and that's like how people also relate to my music is that they listen to it and they're like oh like maybe like not exactly this happened but like I felt this in this other situation so therefore like I feel really seen by this music or whatever and sometimes the lyrics are like spot on and it's like wow this is exactly what I'm going through but a lot of people think that you know just because everything is so honest they automatically think it's always from me which is like I think it's great because that means that i'm a good storyteller probably but it's also like i don't want everyone to think that all of my songs are always going to be like straight from my own experiences
0: yeah yeah and so going back to recording this so you had these ingredients that you took to the studio and matthias what did you think you needed to do or to try and help this along
3: i think the first thing was that like we had the first part and obviously the vibe but we didn't know where to go, so I think the thing we worked most on was getting... The top line. Yeah, and and the chorus to feel like a chorus, you know? Mm -hmm. And without being too, like, and here's the chorus, because we had, like, extreme changes at one point, but we were like, this song just needs to just go. It just needs to, like, evolve, like, slowly, and, like, you're not noticing that things are changing, they're just building, you know? Yeah. So it has like this, it's a bit like chanty kind of like, it's just, yeah, it just rolls, you know? And that was like subtle changes, like adding that kick, but not too extreme. We had some hi-hats, like real, like hi-hat hi-hats, I think. But then we changed that to like the brushes. I also There was also a
2: beat that like, I did have like an original beat also that was very electronic when I first sent the idea. I remember I did have like an 808 kick there in the chorus but I had like a very awkward snare and like stuff like I knew I didn't want to have in there but I wanted that like kind of electronic feel which is like how the entire song started out and started out as like this thinking back on like the first demos I had it was like a house beat like a like it had like a kind of weird beat like that but I feel like what we've done with like this song and like other songs like serotonin is like I brought serotonin into the studio with like an 808 type of beat and like very heavy trap bass and kind of, I knew I wanted that vibe, but we kind of stripped the typical stuff away from like the hi-hats and stuff and kind of added stuff to just make it feel electronic or make it feel like hip-hop. Mm. And then kind of taking away those like traps that people kind of fall into, which is just like go for the most obvious instead of like, mm. we're going to take this instrument that kind of represent this genre we just took the energy from the genre instead of all the elements. I feel like we did that mm. with this song as well.
3: Yeah, it's it's about like how making it feel the same without making it sound like you just took a loop from whatever like yeah. starter pack of that genre, you know? Yeah. It does the same to you, but in a different way, Yeah. you know?
2: I feel like Apartment 402 could be played in like some club somewhere like maybe like when everyone's about to go home (laughs) when (laughs) and everyone's just really tired but I remember we really really struggled with the Matthias didn't struggle I was struggling with making the top line (laughs) and making the lyrics for this because I had so many lyric ideas and I just didn't know I was just seeing this like thing me laying on the floor and then I had this like line like when the sunlight hits the dust and it was just I just felt like Finding the vocals really eased up the rest of the arrangement because I had like a bridge idea, which is now still the bridge. But like I just didn't know if it was going to be the bridge. So we kind of I remember we uh, I was just like messing around in the vocal booth being like, there's no pain, there's no doubt. And we were both like, whoa, that was nice. But we were Mm. also kind of like laughing a little bit because it was very like kind of like "Eh," like very like avicii kind of like hey brother um
3: (laughs) but it was beautiful it was i remember you had like a lot of sentences from the start yeah like you just needed to build the whole story like fill the gaps i guess because you had that beautiful sentence the um, there's a crack in every wall
2: is there a way out after all yes i had that as well Yeah,
3: and i mean that kind of sums up a lot of the vibe in the song which is kind of sad and desperate but at the same time a bit optimistic as well
2: yeah it feels like Like, a really hopeful song to me like i feel i i did this twitter thing the other day and i i feel like i summed it up very well there it was um recognizing all the pain but also all the beauty that's in life and i just feel like this song is about seeing something as small as like the sunlight hitting the dust and then feeling like this moment of like hopefulness and being like, OK, I realize that it's been very hard for me for a long time, but it's going to be OK because like there's a crack in every wall. And that's kind of like a metaphor for like the light in the tunnel and like kind of letting the light in. And the light in this context would be like the hope or like the goodness and the happiness.
0: Yeah, that's a lovely idea. And and it is a really arresting line, the sun, in the dust, because it's one of those things that we see all the time, probably. Yeah. And sometimes it does seem like a, a shaft of light, and it, it brings hope. Um, but we also take it for granted a lot, don't we? Yeah. And we don't always have those moments where we stop and notice it. And yet but when it we is do, really beautiful. It can be very beautiful. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I love it.
0: Um. Maybe, would it be a good idea to play Apartment 402 and talk us through it as each track comes in? Build the track up?
2: Yeah, we can do that.
0: Yeah. So there's the original sound where it all came from. Yeah, the guitar, the sidechain guitar.
1: There's a pain, there's no doubt. I've been through hard,
2: I remember we put the piano in quite late.
3: But on my mm. And it has like this you know the damping thing, like the function on a piano. On this piano it's a bit loose, so you have to kinda of put it like physically over the strings. And that way you kind of can get like an even like more muted sound. And Marie loves like the mid range like Yeah, I don't like piano. I don't
2: like piano without the soft stuff on it.
3: And here we got like the chorus which had like a kick, but we changed that. And instead of the high hats we added the amazing brushes.
2: Yes. And then like we twice. had a dub on my vocals to make it kind of lift the chorus even more in that frequency level. So that really just like make it seem a lot more like airy and like breathy. Yeah. But it would have been like kind of too like annoying if that was the only chorus so I feel like we kind of had to have that strong body that kind of meets you right in your face which is like like that kind of uh, vocal that was important for me to feel like it had some kind of like depth to it
3: yeah yeah but like 3d kind of I remember you talking about wanting it to feel like it's just everywhere like it's not like a distinct focused voice it's just just feeling
2: yeah exactly i feel like production is just like about adding so many things or like adding not so many but adding stuff that just gives you a feeling but you don't even notice it not sure if that made any sense but it's definitely just about finding stuff that feels good
3: yeah it definitely makes sense i mean like a lot of the time it's just things that you don't really notice but once you mute them you feel like oh something's missing something's not like it was like it doesn't have that same energy or or a vibe, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. Should we carry on playing the track and we can hear these changes as they happen?
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, so many subtleties to the approach and yet they make such a difference.
3: Yeah, I mean, like we could try muting like just that vocal. I mean, it's, it's pretty back there, but.
1: So important.
3: Yeah, I mean, it feels so empty. And now it's back on. It's like a angel shadow of the voice, yeah. kind of. Yeah.
2: I'm actually, like, I'm not a very religious person at all. But, w- like, saying God and, like, saying, like... Angel and those kind of Terms have been something I've been doing a lot During this process of like making this record I'd be like telling my tides like Yeah on this song like we need a god voice Here and he'd be like yeah, I got you because like it's just This like angel voice is kind of Just like this like non-tangible Thing but we all Kind of have like an image of what like an Angel would sound like so Even though I don't believe In any of that really I still think it's like Great to use it as uh, in a way to describe sounds.
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's like a divine feeling, like divine. I think everyone uh, has, uh, yes. yeah, like everyone has like this, yeah, like you said, like an idea of something that's like greater than us. Like nature is kind of like that way.
2: Yeah, make it sound like you know the biggest mountain in the world. What does that sound like? Yeah,
3: <laughs> I got you. <laughs> that's some home I mean, shit it, right there. <laughs> but it's a, a lot like imagine a world where you strip everything from the shadows it would look strange you know like you don't pay attention to the shadows all the time but if you walk out your door one day and you would be like okay something's wrong but that's I, like that voice that
2: would literally like I, I think i'm we are living in the shadow of the sun right now because it's clouded as hell so we would literally be gone yeah <laughs> anyways continue the track we must do what this is for
3: This is basically the same, but now the kick is, keeps going.
2: And it's also the bass is yeah, more, bass. continues here. I remember I sat, I was messing around here because I felt like we, we needed to keep that pulse. Cause I remember we lost the pulse in the second verse at some point And I felt like this pulsating thing was like such like the core of the song. So I remember I wanted to keep that in there. And I think it's also great that we keep the hi-hats going because then it's like we've introduced this element and now we're going to keep the drive going. And I felt like that was really important to not make it too boring as it is a very slow song.
0: And with the bass, you're playing the bass guitar, and it has this great, it kind of echoes the pulse but also moves with it.
2: I think this yeah. is the one that I brought to the studio. Actually, this is the original bass.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's an
3: electric bass. And I mean, it just kind of takes over the place from... It's doing the same as the guitar is doing in, in the beginning of the song. With the side chain. Also, there's like this really slow like... Tremolo on.
2: Yeah. So it kind to, of switch a bit as movement, the yeah. hi-hat. Yeah. They both like kind of sound like they're just going in and out of this image.
3: Yeah, it yeah. just gives a lot of like movement and dynamics. I mean like, that's like uh, if you put like a tremolo on. I always check things with a tremolo on just Save. because it, it just gives it like, Oh, what happens now? And I, like, whoa, I would never thought about that because I slapped this tremolo on. It sounds really cool.
0: That's a good tip. I mean, I love the organic quality to the way that you approach your creation of sounds. You know, some of the drum beats, some of the percussion sounds are as simple as rubbing your clothes or rubbing your hands together. And mm. those possibilities really create what you're trying to achieve, but in a really subtle and slightly mysterious way, really, you know, because you couldn't guess, oh, that must be Marie's hands rubbing together there. You know, but-
2: yeah. I think having some mystery or like some, the music that I find the most intriguing is like the music where I'm like, I don't know exactly what I'm hearing, but it makes me feel something. And I kind of also like, I'm able to process the song and, and just enjoy it without being like, what is this? Uh, like, but it's just like enjoying sounds. And I feel like also on this album, that's something that I've been sort of doing more and more just like from let's say having that guitar that sounds like a synth but it's actually like a guitar and it like sort of messing around with stuff like for so long that they sound very organic and they sound very authentic but it's actually just like really really processed sounds and same with like a bunch of like percussion and stuff like that it's that's just been something that I've found really inspiring and it also kind of it makes it harder to be like oh, now we're in like 2021 and it sounds like this. It sounds like 2021 Mm. because sometimes it's very easy to make like very timely music. But I feel like this album is like, it's going to sound cool in 10 years. I might Mm. be wrong, but I feel like some albums just sound really cool no matter like what time you're in. But we'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, if you go through the decades of music for the last 60 years and a combination of, of technological invention, combined with taste results in maybe the overuse of particular sounds. You know, people get excited about a new instrument or a new technology and it's like, oh wow, let's use that on everything. Yeah. Then everybody gets tired of it. The following decade they reject it. And then the following decade they welcome it back because it has a mm-hmm, yeah. both a combination of nostalgia, but also they they kind of discover afresh the appeal of it. You know, yeah. and and mm. it gets used again. And and yeah, we're definitely going through an era where well, the options, you're not reliant on just that technology. You can kind of recreate the past, you can create the future, but really mm. play with it. And people are very conscious, it seems, you know, producers like the two of you, you know, are conscious of all the different potential colours you've got from different eras. That yeah. that just a one tiny second of sound can conjure up a feeling because it ties in with sounds from the past in, in a particular
2: I feel like Matthias is really good with mm. that. Or like especially like time stuff one thing because he knows he knows a little bit about everything like when it comes to like music history stuff and just like also using old sounds or just like he's such a big fan of the beach boys and like i don't know i just feel like he draws so much inspiration from like really old stuff but makes it sound good or like not that Older music is, doesn't sound good, but like he kind of draws the warmth from like older times and puts that into the music nowadays that gives it a color that you don't get o- nowadays. So I'm mm. not sure if that made any sense, but it was really just a compliment to Matthias. I love you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. No, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, like I do listen to like mostly old music, but then I listen to new music for like uh, new ideas, like a vibe, like something technological like oh that sounds cool but if you put like a old school beats with that sound that would sound new or i take this old school kind of technique and run it through like a, a plugin that was made like last year and it kind of gives it like a whole new kind of combination i really like that yeah definitely should we build to the end of the song yeah yeah let's see i think we're at the yeah the last chorus into the to the bridge I mean there's the guitar again
2: And then we also have another guitar that I had done the yeah. exact same thing but that added like a melodic difference in the chorus to make it lift a little bit. Oh yeah, I had those, and then there's the other one that's like also sign chain.
3: Yeah, we're on the bridge now. We even got strings here, man! Yeah. Where are the strings? Left ear. There is strings. Oh, wow. We got to listen to those.
2: So subtle, but they just like give that extra kind of like lift. Also, Matthias is really good with strings. Like in the middle of the process of making this album, I was like, I need to make a Christmas song, which is, you know, not something that probably anyone in my team was too excited about. But we spent four (laughs) days on it. I had like I had the entire song in my head. So it went very fast, and then Matthias also put strings on that song, and I was like, "Yo, you should, you should do more strings. Like, you're actually really good at strings." And it turned out like he's actually held like, I guess like a talk about, or like kind of like a not a lecture, but almost like a lecture about organizing midi strings and shit, like apparently he's like known to be really good with strings anyways that was a really bad like, <laughs> She's saying, yeah, story about yeah, me yeah. just being like you should do something you're really good at that he <laughs> yeah. knew he was good at
3: but it was funny because you told it like oh you've got a talent in this you know and i said yeah i actually held like a master class in this and she was like oh okay
2: <laughs> and it turned out to be i was in that master class i just forgot yeah, you were. <laughs> so it was literally a full circle moment but yeah, I just forgot that I was there. I was probably too, you know, thinking I had it all figured out, Matthias. I was too young back then.
0: <laughs>
2: okay, so yeah, we should Coming go. Coming out
0: bridge. of the bridge.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah,
3: I really like these. That's basically the guitars, like the original guitars. I just chopped the chords. I mean, it's like, it contributes to the electronic kind of vibe because the technique is electronic. You know, we could have just played the guitar, like the chords, but it's like the chopped feeling makes it like that. Yeah. Electronic vibe. Yeah. And then it ends. Yeah, after this. I remember we... I use this plugin called Altar Boy, Little Altar Boy a lot. We took like, that's just Marie's vocal. Yeah. Just pitched up and down to make like a melody.
2: So cool. Close
1: the void and burn it off. But there's a crack in every wall. Is there a way out after all? If I lose my grip and fall, will I
0: die? That's it, and the way it ends, will I die? It's ominous. Now yes. it, it cuts off.
2: It's Gosh. it's. I really like that last line because it. I've been sort of been like, and then all the other choruses or two other choruses, I've just been like, will I? I feel like the listener is going to be like, will I what? Will I what? Like then I just go into the second verse or whatever. So I feel like it's a really cool way to sort of end this, that sentence and the song, will I die?
3: That's genius. I remember you had like, I felt like, will I what? Like, will I? (laughs) And I was waiting for what, you know? And she said, no, no, wait till the last, like the outro, will I die? And then I was like, genius. (laughs) Genius.
0: (laughs) Amazing. So you had that all in mind. Yeah, uh, very exciting. And the way it cuts off like that. I mean, it's an interesting song, isn't it, the way that you've been explaining it, because it's very intimate. You know, you set it in this apartment. You even give the apartment name as your own number for your own apartment. And yet through some of the things that we've discussed, you bring in kind of church, really. You no, know, it could be having a, an almost ethereal moment sitting in a cathedral, looking at the sun through the dust Coming yeah. in through the windows, and um, so it occupies a few different spaces, and you achieve that through sound, really, which is really interesting. I think.
2: Thank you. I mean, I feel like this. It really took a long time to get this song right. Like we had so many different, like going through all the levels and making stuff feel dynamic and feel make it feel right. So, but I, I'm so happy with where it ended it and like where we like landed with the song, and. I feel like it's exactly what it felt like that first time I got the idea and I started messing around with all the guitars and I was listening to it and I was so moved by it. And I'm so happy that I like we've been able to sort of remain that type of like, oh, this is so beautiful and I'm so moved because like I listen to it all the time now because I just genuinely love it so much.
0: Yeah, that's great. So as well as examining songs, we we like to ask people a couple of other questions um, that we ask everybody who comes on Tape Notes. Um, and the first of those questions is with regard to kit or a piece of equipment that you particularly treasure or that you can't create without or if you were to go and start working on a project that you'd have to bring along with you. I mean, is there anything like that?
2: I mean, can it be literally anything? Yeah. So even just like it could also just be... Like logic,
0: yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, some people have just said my laptop. Yeah, I I think we didn't. We have a statement earlier on saying um, your brain was your instrument. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Your brain, man. (laughs) I usually
2: something that I feel like it's most important is just like my phone and having voice memos and my notes app. But then it's as important to have a computer so that I can start making like sketching stuff down and not lose my ideas because I have so many ideas. And I just like, if I don't grab them right away, I'm going to lose them. So I would say maybe my laptop, I can record voice memos and notes there. That's actually, you know what, my laptop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matthias, I mean, do you have anything that you, I mean, you, you work on so many different types of projects, don't you? Um, yeah. Do you have a different set of equipment for each project? Or is there something that actually runs through all of those? I mean, the
3: laptop, like the computer again, the DAW, because you can't create without it, but I mean, it won't be, you can't put it out, (laughs) you need to record it. So I'd say like my computer and yeah, also, but like the package, the Soundtoys package of the plugins, Mm -hmm. I think I couldn't, uh, yeah, it would be hard to do what I do without that package, I think. Yeah.
2: Matthias, I actually have a question regarding that package because I bought that package last year. I have it on my laptop. I didn't put it through I-lock, so and I don't have it on my iMac. So if you want to help me with that, call me. You know my number.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call you.
0: We'll figure um, it out. One of the good things is that if you go into the show notes for Take Notes, we try and put in as much information about the equipment that you mention in passing so that people can go and explore it themselves or, or tap a link and and find out how they can get hold of these things. Um, I mean, do you find that you know, when you get a sound package like that, you know, the sound toys, you know, do you have to put in weeks to come to terms with it and all the possibilities? Or do you just go in and at random, as and when you need to use something?
3: I mean, they are quite intuitive. Most of them are based on like old hardware things, besides from the, the little altar boy, which is this pitch thing. But I mean, it's super simple to dial in. And, uh, yeah, you just need to get it and, like, play around with it. And, yeah, you can do whatever you want with it, especially Little Alter Boy. I mean, it's just endless possibilities. I use it on everything, like, even the mix bus I've used it on.
2: You're a proud dad of Little Alter Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. And the other question we like to ask people is about advice and whether you have any advice for People, or whether you've received any advice from someone that you bear in mind and that you return to that you would like to share?
2: One ad- advice that I've really returned to every time I make music is something I learned at the Norwegian Music School here in Norway, and that is an uneducated composer thinks he or she needs a lot of new themes and sort of new parts for a song to remain interesting but really you just got to reuse and reuse reuse your stuff all the time you got to have interesting parts but you just got to use those again and again and that's something I always go back to when I'm like what should I do here and then I'm kind of like oh I can reuse something that I've always already made and uh, another advice is also to let go of that idea and not get stuck in it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah What about you, Matthias?
3: I think the most important for me is to make the music or the sounds or production that you like and not what you think people will like. And I know that could be a tough one, you know, like, because you live in a world with people, we're social beings, you know, we want to be accepted by people and liked, you know, but a lot of the time that can hurt things being original. And your creative flow you know you just need to forget about the world for a second and do whatever you want and then there are people like you out there that will like it you know because we're not that different all of us so just do whatever you want and the people that will connect will connect at some point
0: yeah excellent it's been so lovely to talk to you both um thank you very much for welcoming us into your world and breaking down these tracks from the album. It's been fascinating and a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to let you go, um, but we should play another song from the album, a kind of outro track, a piece of exit music. Yes. What should we choose?
2: We should choose... Let me just look at the goodie bag, and that is the album. Let me see. Maybe... <laughs> maybe period. The dot song.
0: <laughs> right, oh, is one that tra- tra- track nine? To know how to announce <laughs> on the radio. So this is track nine, yep. which is represented by... Uh, in the UK, I'd probably say a full stop. In America, they'd say a period or a dot, as you say, Marie. But, um, yeah. but you went for period.
2: Yeah. The thing is, like, it doesn't have a name because any name I tried for that song just felt like I was saying too much. And if I said, like, it's been so hard, which is like a line from the chorus, it's like, that's not the sentiment. And I wasn't able to find anything that could really... Because the sentiment of the song is just that something is over. And that's kind of like the period. It's just like it's two lines under the equation
0: yeah thank you again and this is over now with uh, (laughs) period (laughs) this is it track nine (laughs) you'll find it on the record it's great thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed the episode if you have a moment do tell your friends and leave us a review it all really helps Thanks to those of you who have already donated to the show. I'm just one part of the team that brings you Tape Notes. It relies on your support. If you'd like to donate, please head to our website. To ask a question on a future episode or find out who's coming up, head to our socials and on Instagram you can see pictures from the recording sessions for each episode of Tape Notes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.